I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined tonight by Jason Daniels. Jason, hi. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Obviously, all the better for yesterday's Open Championship winner. Um, Mazel top. Mazel top on that. Very good. Yes, thank you very much, mate. Like, I was, I was looking back at it and like we, as a podcast, as a collective and, you know, a lot of people don't like, you know, patting your own back and all this sort of stuff, but I think it's important to do. That's, that's three of the four major winners this year and that... And the, the the one that we didn't have was Wyndham Clark, who you part for a top twenty that week. So really and truly, we've been pretty spot on with the majors this year. Yeah, not been bad. Um, yeah, majors aren't my number one thing, but and I'm not sure I've contributed to that. But you did. You just put Brooks oh, up, didn't Brooks, you? For PJ. Brooks, yeah, yeah, Brooks for the PJ. Um, but yeah, that that I thought Harmer was was the one. I mean, that was. Never ever in doubt was it from halfway. No. I, I did tweet you and say I thought the price was laughable as he hit the front. Yeah, but he was hit quite frankly. He was. I mean, I did think. I did think at some point, but you know, to be the only person to get to double figures, and stay there is incredibly impressive. You know, I think he was the only top. one to touch nine, ten, eleven, twelve under. It was maybe even eight under as well. Like no one got to eight, nine, ten, or eleven or twelve. Yeah. Uh, eight, uh, eight did touch, didn't they? Did they? Was it Ram or Strachan? Yeah, they did. Some of them touched eight. I think Ram. Yeah, but nobody, nobody went to nine. Yeah, which is that's just ridiculous. Um, so there's there's a couple of things with that. I think that when he had the lead on Friday, I had my doubts over the weekend, and then when he goes two over through four, whatever it was, you start thinking, oh well, it was nice, it was nice to have a run. Then he bounces back, and you think, and my thing with that is when I start to become a bit more confident. Is I didn't think he could get himself into the trouble because he doesn't hit it far enough to get into trouble. Like the trouble was going out of bounds or being in a gorse bush, and he just doesn't hit it like that. So I didn't really feel like he could get himself in bad positions. Um, it, I, I, we we spoke about it. we had a couple of messages I think over the weekend about Palm <laughs> and spoke about how impressive he was in Scotland. Yeah, thought some of his up and down short game was excellent, and you couldn't see him. I mean, certainly, if you said to me that it ends in 13 under, arm yeah. wouldn't have been one that, that you'd have put up. Mm. But you could certainly see him. I mean, when you consider what he did in Scotland and what he's been doing recently, but particularly there because of the, obviously the relevance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, top tens and stuff. I mean, to be fair, it was, in hindsight, yeah, pretty good. I mean, 11 shots uh, gained on pain, which is, you know, if Cameron, if, uh, Cameron Young had had Brian Harmon's putter, he'd have won by 30. <laughs> Yeah, I know, yeah. I, uh, I texted Paul to Zori on Saturday night and just sort of said good luck to him for, for Sunday, which, you know, is quite ironic when I was on Brian Harmer. But, like, it's it's nice to – it's nice, obviously, keeping in touch with these people. And he just said, you know, thank you, bud, and, and hopefully we have one low passing round. And that was all that was all Cameron Young was missing, literally. He he was brilliant. Seeds green, best player in the field. Um, is it a false dawn? I don't know. It could be. It could just be he likes the Open Championship and – he might struggle at the Rocket Mortgage, but we'll come on to that. Uh, the 3M, sorry, but we'll come on to that. Um, yeah. Any? I think, on, sorry. I think his final putt, Cameron Young's told a bit of a story. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be backing him a week later after that final putt. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Anyway. No, it's, it's tough, isn't it? But any players, I guess Scheffler's probably the biggest surprise that he wasn't even in the mix? He can't. 
you know, it's just continuing, isn't it? Mm. But, I mean, they said it on Simon Holmes talking about it, blah, 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 whatever you think of him. Um, it's, it's there for everyone to see, isn't it? It's It's been happening for quite a while now. Very similar. I mean, obviously, Cameron Young's ticket green performance was unbelievable, but Scotty Chef has been doing it for a year. Yeah. And I don't know what's happened. I just I don't know. So they're saying that he's lining up wrong. He's hitting the wrong part of the putter. He's never going online. And it's very bizarre, considering his connections, his, his caddy, um, and obviously the, the team behind him. It's got to be a, a yip. It's got to be a psychological thing because, you know, everything else is lined up perfect. So I don't know. But, you know, the, the point is for, for us as punters, which is, you know, we love the game, but basically, yeah. you know, we watch four days because we've punted on it. Um, you can't actually take advantage of it. I mean, we always talk about John Spieth. You can talk about JT if you want, whoever, drifting down the board and then getting on at a price. Um Chef is not going to be 33 to 1, where you can take oh. the chance he's going to hold it. So you're having to take 8 to 1, maybe 10 to 1 next time he turns up. Um, obviously, he'll be turning, he won't be playing Wyndham, will he? On the no, no, he'll be um, playing. So when he turns up to St. Jude and he's 10, they go 10, 11 in the field, you've got to take the opportunity to say, well, he's the biggest price he's been for a while. Mm. And I'm betting purely on the fact that he holds half his putts. It's up to you, isn't yeah. It? It was it was interesting, wasn't it? Because he, he was gaining marginally at the US Open and Travellers. Then he lost again at the Scottish Open but finished third. He was just horrendous with the putter this week. And his approach play and off the tee was still pretty solid. Uh, the around the green game. I mean, his his data golf uh, stats are just obscene. Like when you just look at them and his, the colours paint the picture, really. Um, I, I don't know. He literally was coming off the ground with both feet on some of his swings i don't know how sustainable that is i guess you look at someone like a bubba watson who just does weird things and makes it work for an entire career i guess it probably works for scheffler but like you can't change it because it would change his swing but i feel yeah, like he's going to injure himself at some point the weird thing is is that when there's like a dramatic weakness yeah and they work on it a lot we've seen this loads of times and they work on that a lot you tend to find sort of um uh a lowering of standard somewhere else yeah. and that's the problem is is that i don't think you can afford to do that and we'll see it'll be very very interesting that, yeah very yeah be interesting the way forward but um it's got to be a worry for him he's not he's not silly he knows exactly what the problem is it's how he compensates for that with something else because it, it has to be psychological now you know when he's inside 10 12 feet i mean rory was bad enough but um yeah and when you can when you consider like Rory, what is he, thirty uh, eighth in putting, uh, just under a stroke he gained on the field, and that was hard to watch. Um, and Sheffield's minus four point four. Yeah. I mean, you know, to watch him on the putting green must be, and it doesn't matter whether it's slow, whether it's quick. It's just it's well, like I say, according to those people that know, he's hitting the wrong part. He's, the, the setups, everything is wrong about it. And then, and then you've got people like I mean, I know the Open is a bit of an outlier sometimes. Mm. You've got people like Matt Jordan, who you'd love sometimes for him to have found four point eight shots. You know, from yeah. Yeah. you know, we'd have, we'd have at least one by now on him, wouldn't we? Yeah, difficult. No, it was very difficult. Yeah, it's it interesting because I think I think the Scheffler's putting issues are uh, longer standing than they've obviously come under the microscope because of how good his T screen game has been season, but. 
he had the obvious obvious purple patch when he won four in six starts or whatever it was. But they were like really, really good. That was a really good putting run. Other than that, he's been pretty bad at putting his whole PJ Tour career. And I think I think he's actually overlooked how bad he's been because because we remember that that really good run that he went on last season. That like maybe he's just been a bad putter for a long time. And I think that the 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 real concern for me with him is that like he's starting to bite back about it now. Like they're asking him, are you like annoyed about it? And he's like, well, I don't need you to tell me whether I'm a good putter or not. I am. And it's like, well, no, you're not. And you probably need to stop denying that you are because there is a problem. It's very clear there's a problem. So it, it's interesting how these players get in and out of their heads so quickly. Um, I, I, yeah, I hope he figures it out because we're, we're in a in the midst of a historic ball striking display from somebody. And I, I, it's horrible to see the putter kind of ruin someone's chance. I think we, I think we do get it from quite a lot from time to time, though. Yeah. These, uh, I mean, we don't get it and they win as much as he has. No. I always go back to Joe Durant, always, because I never forget opening my copy of the Racing Post. People <laughs> remember that. Right? Kids, where you won't know what it was. It used to be really good. Um, I remember opening it up and, and on the Wednesday, and when Joe Durant was playing Tiger and stuff like that, he would be the Greens in regulation king. Yeah. Um, you know, to, if you, modern day Tita Green which obviously they didn't have back then. He would have been absolutely straight up there. But again, he didn't win tournaments. And this is the problem. You've got Scheffler doing this. And we, as you say, we remember him winning tournaments. But when we were originally talking about him, um, back at the start of this podcast, when we said, where's Andrews? Or yeah. where's Andrews? For years, again, the only thing holding him back was the putter. But we forgave him because he was green and he hadn't won yet. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. But yeah, it's becoming a bit much. And, and you can't say he doesn't care, and he can't say he can't say yeah he's fine. He knows it's not fine, and no. uh, he's going to have to do something about it. Yeah, hopefully he figures it out. The other one, putting wise, uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Um, I, swear, I and yeah, what's news? What's news? I think I think I think the thing with him was like I was driving back Saturday night. I'd been away, and so I was listening. I've never listened to golf on the radio. I've never really done it. Um, I was quite enjoying Maybe we should get a program, Tom Patrick. <laughs> we should, yeah. Imagine the alternative commentary between us. Um, I, I just every time it was like uh, Tommy Flip has got a putt, and like I was saying to Shannon every single time they were going like it's on its way, and I'm like, and they're going to say it's just missed, and they're going to go, oh yeah, it's burnt the edge of the hole, or it's just missed, and I was like, yeah, but that is the story of his career, and it was the story of Rory McIlroy's last ten years. Like they're not making the putts when. They matter. I mean, Rory obviously has won multiple tournaments, but like in major championships, they just don't roll these putts in. And I, and as soon as he didn't really put the test on Brian Harmon on Saturday, I thought maybe he would improve on Sunday because he was out of it a little bit and could just freewheel it. But like he he just looked so emotionally drained by the fact that he couldn't hold a single putt. Um, yeah, I, I was I was quite. I actually felt quite sorry for Fleetwood over the weekend. Like he looks like he's the one that cares the most, but it's just the same old thing. Like, oh, it's just it's just brushed the edge of the hole, or it's just on this. And because he looks like he's gained, well, he has gained strokes on the green on putting. It feels like it's okay, but it wasn't. Um, Sunday was his his conditions, weren't they? Yeah. You know that's what he does. That's what he loves. I don't think he's done anything different to what we. We know of him. I think he does. I mean, it's like you say, it's um, 
feel sorry for him. But yeah, he comes across as a thoroughly good bloke that really wants to do well in the Open. Yeah. Um, and it would be fantastic. I mean, I think, actually, he would be the way. A bit like Darren Clark when he won. Yeah, um, he would be that guy. I like. think it would be it would be really nice and fantastic for him and fantastic for the universe if Tommy Fleetwood won the Open one day. Yeah. I, I think it's akin to, it's not, I guess, not the same because for a Grand Slam, but like there's going to be a pandemonium if and when Rory ever wins that Masters. And I think that's the closest thing I can find to what it would be the reaction to Fleetwood on the Open in the next 10 years. I, I just think he'll be the most popular Open winner of our yeah, I think, time. I think, yeah, Fleetwood winning the Open is a bit like Larry winning the yeah. Open Show. Or yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, I hope he does it. I don't know whether he can do it or not. Um, yeah, I hope he does. I hope he I does. Hope does. I, I just want him to take advantage. Him and Hatton have not taken advantage of their window of form this season, and they, they're running out of opportunities too. So if you can see them winning in the playoffs, fair play, but I can't. Well, Crackers, isn't he? Yeah, he is Crackers. Um, I mean, it's funny, and now he's Crackers. So, yeah, so you know, absolutely. there's nothing you do about that. Let, let's do a very quick quick summary. Anyone that really pleasantly surprised you at the Open Championship? I really like Tom Kim. Yeah, I think oh, he looks absolutely magnificent. Um, bear in mind he was injured. Yeah, conditions not really. We wouldn't have thought to suit him anyway. I thought Tom Kim was absolutely brilliant. He he hit the ball at the hole when he was putting. He seems to have no fear. Great attitude. Um, yeah, I think I think he went away for you know a couple of months didn't he? But yeah, magnificent player. Absolutely brilliant player. Uh, oh, he's last, won. He's won. last five major efforts or last six 23rd at the 2022 US Open 47th for the Open last year on his debut 16th for the Masters this year missed cut the PGA and then 8th and 2nd at the US Open and Open actually a really impressive run mm. 16th, 8th, 2nd in 3 of the 4 majors this year and even when he missed the cut at the PGA it was all short game based he actually hit the ball really nicely so there was a concern there um, for a little while in the middle of, middle of the year. I think there was an injury. Um, there is obvious limitations in terms of he's not the biggest hitter, but he's great. He is but really he came in. He came in on, on crutches on yeah. Sunday, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. To protect his ankle. So that, that was very impressive. Um, I don't know. A couple of disappointments, but when you're out, when you're miles out of it, you've had one bad round here, then it's going to be a struggle to, to get it back. But Wyndham Clark might do a little bit better given his halfway position. Yeah, I, um, I I wasn't necessarily massively disappointed in him, but I do agree with that. I think that he should have gone forward based on the play that he is. I thought Hovland was the biggest shock on Sunday. Uh, he maybe maybe people won't think that because historically he's had a bit of a struggle on Sunday recently. But to be five over through seven holes yesterday, I thought was was ridiculous. And he does he does do it, doesn't he? In, yeah. In top competition, where um, it was, it, I mean, when you look down the list, I suppose I mean, you know, Ricky was up there, wasn't he, at some point? Yeah, faded. Uh, didn't really go through with it. It's it's difficult. I mean, I think I think we keep saying Rory's. He is playing very well. I mean, his he eyes were wrong. He's playing his tremendously. Were wrong. I mean, yeah. you know, he, you know, he's shooting from one fifty, and he's he's only up twenty five feet when he should be within eight. Uh, yeah. Again, they said that they, they again the analysis said there was an issue there, and there probably is. Um, the rest of it, the rest of it, I suppose, is you know, it's, it's if you'd have turned up with this 
apart from the winner or, or even should I say the winning distance yeah apart from that if you turned up with this board and you said yeah you know they struggle on day two then you'd go yeah it's fair enough isn't it it's, it's an open board isn't it yeah i was i was pleasantly surprised oh, that, well, the only other thing was the john deere which i yes you do which like. i mentioned before you did and i cannot believe it is so brilliantly <laughs> um, advertised yeah i can't believe it. i don't understand why but it's just the way it is harman Stracker, grillo all ball players aren't they uh so yeah, again you can use this week yeah, there you go. And I look pleasantly surprises for me. Jason Day performing in an open, which he hasn't mm. typically done outside of St Andrews. I was I liked uh, Stracker, great performance to bounce back. You know, not bounce back to continue the form of of winning. Grillo really sort of capping off what's been a, a comeback year or two for him. Uh, liked that. I thought Stenson was impressive at his age and at this point of his career and what he's doing to be 13th was quite good. Uh, Gosner was interesting for a long time until he he wasn't on the final day. Um, yeah, I thought I thought there was obvious surprises. There, I can't go without saying that I was disappointed in Morikawa because I, I liked him. He missed the cut on the number. I liked. Yeah, it's, sorry, mate, sorry, mate. I was going to say that actually, it was, it was the Harbour performance very reminiscent of, of Morikawa. Yeah. It was just find the fairway, find the green, don't make mistakes. Yeah. And where the where the obvious birdies are, take them. It was very, very similar, and mm. and quite frankly, I don't know how other people can work it out. <laughs> uh, well, but this was the thing. So, final point, I guess, for me, and and then anything you want to say on top of it. But like, there there was the Brian Harmon. There's been a massive debate, isn't it? And and I don't want to keep bringing it up, but like, whether it was boring or whether Brian Harmon's boring or whatever, it it did become boring on Sunday. You can say that whilst marvelling at how good he was, but. I think the wrong person was being blamed for it being boring. It wasn't Brian Harmer making it boring because he wasn't coming back to the field. It was the fact that the chasing pack didn't go after him. The chasing pack didn't get to him on Saturday, didn't get to him on Sunday. Eight, five shots after Friday isn't insurmountable. You could, right. Rory could have done it, Fleetwood could have done it, Rahm had a go at it on Saturday but was coming from off the pace. Um, you, you can get to him and if, if, if your strategy isn't working, getting you within five shots of where he is, change your strategy a bit. Like, if it's working for him, why can't like why can't Roy McIlroy just start hitting it 260 down the fairway instead of 310 and and playing from there? Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can see the greens and reg stats. Sorry, but um, I presume Harmon was one up there. I, I, I mean, look, it was it was the perfect exhibition of front running. Hmm. He didn't. There was just no. And do you know what really pleased me? What you, you must be able to get to this. What was the best bit about the whole 72 holes? The best bit was that he was in danger of winning his tournament with a final hole bogey. Yeah, he didn't. And yeah. I, I was watching that and I went, please, please get up and down. <laughs> yeah. And he did. Do you know what he did? He did. And fair play to him because he didn't need to. He didn't need to at all. He had 100 shots in hand and, and he actually went to, to finish with a par and well, he went to finish birdie, obviously, but yeah. you know when it went in the bunker and an absolute top play, you know it's brilliant, and I've got no problem in winning it. He did it. He he, he fits the role of the Zach Johnsons, the Franny Molinaris, again, both with John Deerfall, right? Yeah. Um, and he fits he fits that perfectly. And uh, when you look at the powerhouses behind them, like you rightly say, they got absolutely mullered. Yeah. 
Do you know who's only 23rd in Greens and Regulation, Brian Harmon? Does he? Mm. Stracker right. first, Young second, Answer third, Hideki fourth, Moronk fifth, Scheffler Fleetwood sixth, Rory ninth. Yeah, yeah. yeah we are. Tries for Doe, putts for Doe. So, but this so. is the thing, they're like, oh, you know, he's just putted his way there. But, but like, I don't think, it wasn't those one of those things where he was putting and he was holding things from 50 feet and just getting lucky. It wasn't no. like, they were just good putts. A good range, and he and he hit the right part of the green. I think it was the main thing. Uh, yeah. Just a strategic masterclass from him. So, um, yeah, that's it. I think that's probably a good summary on the Open. Probably enough on it. Uh, nice to finish off the year with a win. Uh, you know, whether I could envision Brian Harmon winning like that, probably not. But I I did like him, and he was 100 cents one, and that's why. So, there we go. Okay, that's yeah. it. On to the 3M Open. Cameron Young, 14 to 1 favourite, as we discussed, with Tony Finau also 14 to 1, generally 12 to 1, so he's pretty much more the favourite. Uh, Sung JM, 16 to 1, Hideki Matsuyama, 18 to 1, Justin Thomas, Emiliano Grillo, 25 to 1, Sepp Strack is still 28 in one place, but we'll stop there. Um, so you can't have Cameron Young this week? I think when you watch what, you know, this, this is, you're going to have to be. I mean, I've got this as total driving. I think you know yeah. you can hit the ball if you want, but if if you look back at the past figures, the absolute bombers have, have tended to pair back a little bit just to give them a proper yardage in. That'll be around one seven five, tend to be something around that figure. Um, Cameron Young's quite capable of doing that, but as we've seen at those prices, I think you've got to win, and that's that's my problem. Yeah. Um, I've got no problem. If you can get 25 to 1 Cameron Young, which obviously you can't this week, yeah. and you can bet him each way, then absolutely no issue at all. But his price, what is he, 12, 14, something like that, yeah? Yeah. Um, he's got to win, and, and he's very hard to oppose. But that fi- that final putt just left a sour taste. Um, I know it didn't mean anything, but psychologically it, 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 was, it was a big thing, and uh, I can't back him on that price. No. So I, I think... There's a couple of things. Whether he just likes open conditions for one reason or another and relishes that, and it could be a bit of a false dawn. He was good at John Deere, but didn't close it out. I don't think we've seen enough to make him a favourite in a tournament, I think is, is the main takeaway for me. If he was in this kind of 18 to 20 to 1 range in this field, I might have looked at it. Um, I can't make him favourite, even even with Finau not playing his best stuff. Um so I just don't think he makes enough parts. I think he could end up in the water around here or whatever in, in Hazard. So I, I'm going to leave him alone. Um, Sung Jae-im I was slightly interested in, but as I sort of said in the group chat earlier, I'd probably rather he just doesn't do anything for the next couple of weeks. I mean, he probably he probably goes second year and win the Wyndham and just make it um, you know pointless for the playoffs. But I think he can kind of get him at like 40, 50 to one in the playoffs when the better players are back. That might be the way to play Sung Jae-im. I don't want to try and take him on this kind of point. Um, at the moment, Hideki, I just don't know. <laughs> like it, you could always hang your hat on ball striking for Hideki, and then it was all putting at the open. So slightly concerned with that. But stopping there for a minute, Brad is on Sung Jm. So we've we've had a pretty healthy debate uh, in the in the group chat today about whether there's any win equity in Sung Jm at the moment. Um, I probably lean towards what you say on it at the moment, in the sense that I don't think he can win. I don't think he's showing enough to win. It was encouraging what he done last week, but probably too early to make him 16 to 1, despite the fact he's obviously got second here. 
yeah, the only event he's won since October 21 is a home event that he's quite entitled to win. Um, I've backed Sanjay a few times, but at no point has he ever looked like winning. Nothing I see ever makes me think he's going to win. And a tournament that ends in 22, 23 under, he's not going to win it. Fair. So there we are. He's, he's at a price where you know, I think I think you have to believe he can win. And, and yeah, Brad's going to enjoy this one. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I don't think, yeah, I, I'm not interested. I don't think he can win. So therefore, I'm not interested. There you go. I I think the the better discussion because I'm not interested in Justin Thomas. I don't care what price he goes out to. I I think the better discussion is Emiliano Grillo and Sepp Stracker. Um, I you, I think you're going to lean on the, the opposite side to me. I think I think Grillo is the one because he's got the second and third here. It's he's he's won you know recently but not last week or the last two starts it was four or five starts ago his sixth at the open championship is his best ever uh, best ever major finish but he wasn't ever in the heat of the battle he's kind of got over his little miscuts after the win by finishing 15th for the travelers already so he's got that out of his system i think with Stracker, there's a there's a couple of things and if he comes out and plays really well again this week which i think you suspect he might i I think that would say a lot about him because not only has he got to come back from finishing second at the Open, winning the week before, he's actually also got the Ryder Cup in his mind. And I know people basically saying he's locked it up after finishing second this week, but he doesn't want to give Luke Donald any reason, Sepp Stracker, to leave him out. Yeah, that can do one of two things, can it? No yeah. idea which way it's going to go. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree with you. I think it was really difficult to choose between um, Grillo and Strecker and, and yeah, you know, a year ago you'd have said, you know, for example, I don't JT, what was he, twenty two, is he? Twenty? Twenty five, yeah. You'd have said JT, Grillo and Sep Strecker in exactly the same bracket. But um yeah, I mean they're, they're absolutely flying, aren't they? They were brilliant over the weekend, they've been in good form recently. Um but I think yeah, Sep Strecker, who's in his thirtieth year, which is considered the peak of a golfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's just got so much going for him, and it is by a Nets whisker. But I'm not talking about my wife, right? Um, it's by <laughs> a Nets whisker, and but it is Stracker that, that's I think his standout. He won the 2022 Honda Classic, yeah. which uh, is an event won by Thompson and Sanjay, as you might say. Two starts ago, he shot 63, 65, 62 to win at Deer Run, which also throws up contenders at this event. Um, and also the Opens we've discussed again. Um, last year, uh, he's gone to St. Jude, which is obviously only in two events time now. Um, got beat by Will Zalatoris in a playoff. Uh, in third place is Harmon, and in fifth is female on Colin Morikawa. Uh, Morikawa tied second with DeChambeau behind Wolf in 2019 round here. And uh, Stracker then obviously went on to be six at the Tour Championship last year. So... In terms of form, he's absolutely bang there. Over the season, he's top 20 for total driving, top 15 for approaches, 40th for procs, top 30 for approaches from 150 to 200 yards, if you combine them, and 36 for total putting. It's not as if you have to rely on January to March or January to April form for that. Uh, recently, he's been putting up really solid numbers, T to green, really good putting at the Memorial, John Deere, and last week. Um, had three outings around here, didn't play last year. Uh, missed the cut twice, but on both occasions put up uh, 68s. 
So he's not uncomfortable around here. There's no 78s or anything silly around that. In between, he was 18th in 2020. Um, he had a final around 63, which was the joint best of the day. Um, he's in the playoffs. That's not a problem. So he knows he's going there, whatever happens. Like you rightly say, he wants to give Donald a headache when he, you know, if he doesn't qualify, at least when analysing his wildcard picks. And uh, for me, he's, he's I, I appreciate that he's coming over from the Open. Um, it didn't affect V now particularly. Um, or Sungjae. No, or Sungjae indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I think you can just talk and talk about that and, and you either make a decision that you're not going to back any of them. Yeah. Or you just say, what the hell, these are professional players. And uh, I mean, it was, you know, I, I think if you, look, you rightly said earlier, I think if you were going to take anyone that looked or sounded particularly downbeat about it, it would be Tommy Fleetwood. Mm. Um, I don't think anybody else particularly did. And they didn't get close enough to do so. Rory deflected everything away. So if you take Rory McIlroy, you know, the most famous golfer in the world now. Um, the, the interview was really interesting. They asked him about how, what he's thinking and stuff like that, about it's you know, been 100 years since he last won a major. And he said, I think about going to try and win a full FedEx Cup. Yeah, I'm a fifth place to buy a Yeah, but my point is that yeah. quite rightly, it's gone, isn't it? There's yeah, no yeah. point in dwelling on what happened last week yeah. because you can't change it. So now look forward. So what are we thinking about these players? Look, Stracker and Grillo will be coming on the plane thinking, I've played really well, sweet. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Let's go to a track that we like. And uh, I, I, I don't have any issues. Yeah, fatigue maybe. But I mean, you're just guessing at that. So yeah, for me, Sepp Stracker was 33 to 1 with Bet365 this morning. And uh, I had him much closer to the top. Over. I don't know how good he is, but let's see. Well, uh, there's a couple of points I want to say to that. So the first one, when we say about we don't know how good he is, so he won the Honda Classic, didn't he, in 2022. Mm-hmm. He finishes ninth at the players' two starts later. He misses out on the RBC Heritage playoff by one shot uh, a couple of four or five starts after, uh, one start after the Masters, which I think is relevant, when he finished 30th there. Loses in the playoff, like you already said, to Will Zalasaurus. So he's come two shots away from being a three-time winner last season. He's then... Started this season with a second um, at the Sanderson Farms to Mackenzie Hughes in a playoff. He's then won the John Deere Classic and then finished second last week. And he was the only one that really ever looked like giving Harmon a little bit of a chance. Sorry, Tom. I think my point about Stracker is I don't know if he's that this good, which he obviously yeah. is, right, on the paper, yeah. on the book, or whether he's somebody like, and not necessarily this name, yeah. but he's somebody like a Scott Stallings who is on a fly and run a form. Because yeah. I used to think of Stracker very similar. I used to think, have him in 10th place and hope he shoots a 63 in the final round yeah. and nicks, nicks the win. Whereas he's a completely different player now. And you, you can only go on what you see. And he's, for me, he's extremely impressive. And, and I hope he's that good. Yeah, I, I think he is. And I, I think that actually it's just he's just, as you said, got to the peak of his career. We've been spoiled by a lot of golfers doing it a lot earlier. Some people don't. But Stracker, fifth at the Honda Classic, seventh at the PGA, 16th at Memorial, win and second and last two starts. I don't really see a negative. I think I think he's in the Ryder Cup regardless, but whether he thinks that or not is, is the interesting battle, I guess. Um, so best price, him 28 to 1. I'm going Grillo with 25 to 1. The reason I just put Grillo, I, I just having the second and the third on the golf course and both of them, I think, coming into this event, just going, well, 
we were brilliant last week and it's now an easier golf course or easier conditions. Maybe there's still some toughness to the golf course, but certainly easier conditions. I just don't think that I think if they were worried about it, they'd have pulled out. So I, I think that they're in great positions and, and should be uh, followed. Um, that's my thought on that. One, one other take I want to get to before we carry on here. Do you think the elevated events have impacted the majors and people's performance in it positively and negatively. I'll, I'll let you oh, take, take that how you want, and then I'll tell you the, the way I'm going about it. Put you on the spot uh, here, obviously. But. I think elevated events forced people to play events that they may not have played. Yeah. Um, I, I agree that I agreed with the old thing that if you want to play the Ryder Cup, you play X amount of events on X tour. Yeah. Um, as we've discussed about John Rahm, John Rahm is a Spanish, he's American. <laughs> um, so that's all a load of old shite, all that. Um, yeah. What difference does it make if he turns up at Wentworth and whatever? It's very, very nice. Yeah. Um, I, I do think there are events that, that need to be highlighted. Again, yeah. Wentworth, for example, I personally would have gone for Rama, but you know, there we are. Um, yeah. And I would have made people have no option but to turn up. But whether you do 14 of them and force people to do it, I don't know. Next year looks an absolute ball ache going forward, to be honest. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I know it's not, it's not really clear, is it? We, you know, they, nothing's actually been said, has it? For, no, they, they put nothing. a framework out and they know they haven't got it right. So they're just keeping quiet, I think, for now. Um, um, so does, does it affect the majors? Um, I still. I know about TV scheduling, I know about all this, I know about football, I know about all this. Yeah. I still don't believe the major season ends before August. I just, I would say stuff everybody. Yeah. We are doing four majors, we'll split it up, four seasons, we'll end with the opening late autumn when it's absolutely shit horrendous. Right? <laughs> you can have your FedEx Cup, I don't give a shit, yeah. right, in the boiling hot and you can give £27 million pounds to whoever you want. But the final major should be in Tough. autumn in terrible conditions so that it's split up you, you to have four majors in the space of four months um, yeah. is is absolute nonsense so the way the, the way i was yeah the way i was looking at these elevated events so i think the first point you were making is the players are being forced to play them so i think potentially the Scotty Schefflers and the Roy McElroys, and this is not making excuses for them because they just they essentially have just not won them. But I think having played all of those events against all the best players every single time they've teed it up may have led to some fatigue. And I think the opposite to so these mid tier, and, and I was trying to find a way as to why it was because it wasn't like a, a Ben Curtis, Todd Hamilton type open winner where it just you, you couldn't have potentially you couldn't possibly have picked it. It just happens because it's a bit of a freak. And it wasn't a weather bias or anything like that. So why has Wyndham Clark suddenly gone career year, win, then gone to the US Open? And why has Brian Harmon had six top tens this season and then won a major championship? I think those mid-tier guys benefited from playing these players more often than not. And I think it's because Brian Harmon played well four times a year normally, and it would be the John Deere, the Wyndham, the yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. And those players weren't there, right? So he has no idea whether he, on his good weeks, he stacks up against the best or not because he wasn't playing them. Whereas now he knows very clearly he was second at the Travellers' Championship and he outperformed Scheffler, Rory, 
Rahm, or I don't think Rahm played, but those types of players. And the same with Wyndham Clark. He won the Wells Fargo against all of those players and then went to the US Open knowing he could do that. And I think them having to do that is a benefit to those, what, let's just call them 50 and 80 to 1 golfers because that's what they were in the betting odds sort of thing. Though that tier of player, the, the 30th to the 40th in the world, that I think has really benefited them and, and maybe just slightly hindered the elite. To coin your phrase, I like that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So it'd be interesting to see when they completely dismantle it again next season, what it does. Um, but yeah, I, I, that, that just played on my mind. That was my driving thoughts yesterday morning. Um, and, and that's what I was thinking about. So in, terms of, in terms of betting, I, I much prefer it when, they, when we had a, um, a lot of lower level songs, uh, events, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. But especially, yeah, I think that's a very good point. There you go. Let's let's start racking through some more of this stuff then. I couldn't decide earlier, and I was pretty much on JT Post, and I'm still intrigued by him, but my, his driving worries me slightly. One player I've not really got the concerns over, and one that I wasn't necessarily going to put in before. I think Adam Hadwin's got to be considered at forty to one. Um, he just plays the same tournaments well every if you just look at his top 50 on owgr it's just the same four or five tournaments four or five times like it's i know that maths doesn't add up but like he's just multiple times going over the same courses so valspar multiple times the desert classic career builder american express whatever you want to call it three or four times shriners three or four times he he makes it very clear where he's going to play well every single year he telegraphs it and it never ever changes he might pop up with the odd good result and surprise you, but you know he's going to play well in certain places. And one of those certain places is the 3M Open. He was fourth on debut. He was second at the halfway mark, sort of hung around and finished fourth. He was sixth uh, two years ago. He was the 36th hole leader, didn't cope with it very well, shot 73 on Saturday to be 16th going on Sunday, and then shot 68. And then last year, he was 38th, but had one bad round on Saturday, on Friday. He was shot at 75, but open 68, closed 67. He is playing well enough to suggest that he's going to come to a course that he absolutely loves. He gained strokes uh, in four of his last five events on approach. He wasn't good with his approach at John Deere, which is where he missed the cut. But he was brilliant at the Rocket Mortgage. I, I thought he was great there. He was great at the Canadian Open under an awful lot of pressure. He was brilliant with his irons. At the Memorial, despite missing the cut, he gained an approach in the US Open as well. So every single time he's gained an approach, the one concern you'll have with him is what I have with JT Poston is this off the tee thing where you think they've got to be better. But there has been, you know, they haven't won it, but the Morikawas, the Adam Long, Michael Thompson, Charles Schwartz or Song Jae-im, Grillo types have contended without necessarily being the longest. I know Grillo's reasonably long, but... Although the winners have all been long, apart from Thompson, the, the runners-up have been there, and Hadwin just looks like that player that's going to fill one of those top eight places. So at 40-1 to 1 with eight places, I think Hadwin is a bet. Yeah, no argument. So, yeah, Hadwin for me is... I think there's my... so many that we can say are similar. This is a really good tournament. It is. Have a lot of opinions and a lot of valid reasons back in flipping a lot of these yeah it's actually it's one of those ones where it feels like a massive come down from the open championship but it's actually a really intriguing betting event and one where 
you know opinions do matter and you're going to be right or wrong like for example I can't have Ludwig Aberg at 33 to 1 when I mean Lucas Glover isn't 90 to 1 but he was 90 to 1 this morning um you know I just can't have it I can't have him he was opened at the same price as Sepp Strecker and Emiliano Grillo it doesn't make any sense to me um I get that he's a great player and potentially going to be one of the better ones but I can't make him in that price range at the moment. I think the irons are not good enough. I think he's got a lot of pressure on him to succeed with the Ryder Cup on the horizon, potentially. So not for me, Aberg. Brad has gone with Gary Woodland at 33 to 1, which I do like. I, I like Woodland. I think my concern, we, me and Matt have just been talking about Woodland on the drafting show. And he made a good point that Woodland's stats have been fantastic basically all season. And he's never finished better than ninth. So is that just the peak of his performance this year? Like, is he always just going to look good on paper and just not deliver is basically the point. Oh, that's a top 20 bit. That's that's, that I can't ever have. Yeah, well, I, I looked at him because he was second going into the final round here two years ago on his debut and finished 11th. And I just thought, OK, well, I can see that. I can see the ball striking like he makes sense. And I think he does make a little bit of sense to finish top 10, top eight, hopefully with the places. But he's just not. He's not he's not finishing better than ninth. That's his best performance. And that ninth, the Genesis was charged by like over 10 straights going on approach. He was unbelievable. So I don't know that he can really do it. It's a bit of a concern. Yeah, I mean, it, it, to be fair, um, you know, his irons are absolutely indulged. Yeah. You know, he's done he's done very well at Travellers, done well at the US Open, uh, Wells Fargo, Mexico. He's not he's not just turning up every so often. They are they are very. I mean, I always worry about his pain, and, and I think on a course where there's going to be a low score. I think where are we? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six. So five of his last six, he's lost strokes on the greens. Mm. It's uh, that would. I'm not saying it's a be all and end all, but it's when, when you're enough. when you're against this field where there's enough enough there, I, I'd struggle seeing doing well enough to to win it. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think I think for me, I was going to go with Post and. I can't, I just can't. Like he was fifty to one, now he's like forty, thirty-five to one. I just can't with that off the tee game. Like I know we like post and both of us, you're you're the post and whisperer, I I think. Um twenty-eighth and eleventh here, really good form. Um and he's two sixths going into the open and forty first the open's fine. I just don't know that he's playing quite well enough. It's not the same as when he was, you know, absolutely flying last year when he won the um Travellers or whatever it was that he won, John Deere, John Deere, um, then went to Travellers. There you go. Yeah. Do you know what the John Deere is good for? Like just some tournament that is played every year, right? Yeah. So like the most significant event in the whole calendar. (laughs) It's it's just the John Deere 2.0, isn't it? Um, There you go. Um, Yeah. So I I don't mind him winning. I don't mind him winning it. Yeah. But I I like I like your I like the post and I like the headwind. Very similar sort of readable players, as you rightly say. Glover, Glover going from ninety to one to thirty-five to one is the most depressing thing that's ever happened. But I was on eighty to one eight places this morning, so 
if you've got those numbers, great. I think he's probably still worth a bet at 45 to 18 places or 40 to 110 places you can still get. I think he's still, because I think that 50 and 60 was probably what the price he should have been. I think he was wrong from the start. But his form is unbelievable, Lucas Glover at the moment. Like he, he's absolutely flying. Fourth, sixth, fifth, his last three starts, and he, he had a chance in two of them. So that plus the fact that he shot a 62 on the final day here on his debut to finish seventh. Uh, suggests to me that he should be a bet. I just I find it very hard to say no. yes, go and bet him now at 35 to 139. I don't think he's a bit Gary Woodland. No, I think he's better than that. Okay. I trust him a bit more. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think I think well because there's three three each way payouts in a row, whereas Woodland hasn't got one all season. Mm-hmm. So that would be the difference with them too, I think. Um, and then the conundrum of players here, right? So. I'll let you have a little word on Taylor Pendrith. I know you were sort of talking about him this morning. No, I don't, well, I don't, not really. I mean, I, there's, uh, it, there's, I mean, I was so gutted to miss Akshay Betty last week. I, yeah. I did say not on the pod or when it was after when we was having our chat. Yeah, um, you I did say So gutted to miss yeah. his maiden win. Um, you know, feel sick. And of course, Vincent Norman, you know, and, and people like Vincent Norman, Bettier, uh, Taylor Pendrith, Taylor Montgomery, Adam Svensson. They're all of that type where early on in the year they were so much shorter. They haven't yes. just lost their game completely. No. Um, I, I mean, I, I think they're all the same. I think they're just destined to... They'll win. They'll all win one. And it's a matter of when you're going to be on, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, Pedrick hasn't got any calls for him, but his teacher green is flying. Eighth at the Rocket Mortgage, which is brilliant here. Uh 12th at the bar, so obviously we didn't have much last week. Um, tends to, you know, I think we've, we've I mean, I, I used to have a list of players that have done well at one of the one of the ones, Bob Sol, Barracuda, and went on to win. It, he's, uh, you know, if it's kind of that, it's Monk, yeah, like I say, I think they'll all win. And I really do think if you had a, a eight-sided dice and you just <laughs> kept rolling it and rolling it, they'd all win yes. at some point over the next two or three years. And they're yeah. just drifting. They're all just drifting to that sort of price now. You know, I remember Montgomery going up at twenty-two to one. Yeah, year. It wasn't long, was it? No, it wasn't. It absolutely wasn't. And now, what? What's the best price story to one? Uh, I mean, whether it's Pendrith, Montgomery, whatever, they're all the same. Montgomery, you can get one hundred and twenty-five to one. Yeah, so he's twenty to one. Uh, Pendrith is best price sixty-six. Yeah, see, I don't. Neither of them. I mean, if you want to back them, I, I mean, I have, I've kept it very light today. Yeah. Um, this week, but uh, that's because I'm quite heavily invested in Stracker. Yeah. So therefore, I might put Guido in as well. Um, but um, yeah, but I think I, th- I think the Akshay Batir and and Vincent Norman ones are discussion to have because I I think so. The thing with Akshay is he what was it? Did he turn pro at seventeen? Wasn't it Akshay? Mm. Um, he certainly skipped college. Yeah, yeah, he, did, Where, he didn't carry on uni, did he? Yeah. Him? He didn't go there. He he turned professional, and that came with certain criticism in 2019. He turned professional um, without going to college. A lot of people said, like, what are you doing, sort of thing. He goes out and wins on the Corn Ferry Tour last season, then struggles for a long period of time. Then he wins at the PGA Tour last night, and yes, it's against Patrick Rogers that finds multiple ways to lose. But I just think from a personal standpoint for Akshay, like, he had to prove 
that he made the right decision once and went to the Corn Ferry Tour and won it. He's then had to prove that he can take a step up to the PGA Tour. And he's now finished 35th, 9th and 1st in his last three starts. I, if, if he's what we believe he can become, I don't see why he can't go in again. I don't, I don't think he will. And that's why I'm not betting him. But I don't see why he couldn't go 7th, 6th, 5th, whatever. Um, because I just think if he's the type of player everyone believes he's going to be, and it was just a case of he had to deal with a crisis of confidence, which he's been pretty open about, then, I I mean, 66 to 1. If he hadn't won last week, he'd be 40s. So, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, he's being punished for, for being good. Uh, and I think the same is with Norman. If you could draw up a golf, uh, a course for Vincent Norman, this is probably it. Um, yeah, his, his figures are, are very impressive. Yeah, and... And I like the fact that he went straight back in after the win and finished 25th at the Barracuda, where he was actually placed pretty handily, I think, at the halfway mark. So yeah, yeah. if these people are what we think they are, then why can't they put these back-to-back performances together? There isn't. That's what I'm saying, why this tournament, I think, is fantastic. Mm. I, 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 think, I think it makes a great viewing brief if you can keep it light and, and not get too invested, because I think you've got... And, and the other one you mentioned, and I'll quickly come back to you if you've got anything else to say, but... Adam Svensson, we talked about on the DraftKings show just before, because I think he's slowly coming back into the, the form. The final results are not showing it. But if you look at the US Open, he just made the cut and he was losing on approach 0.87 around. Then at the Travelers, he only loses 0.51. Then he only loses 0.29 at the Rocket Mortgage and he only loses 0.02. His irons, they're not gaining yet, but they're just getting... They're not costing him over the last three or four weeks. He finished 21st at the John Deere Classic, where he gained in three of the four categories. And his off-the-tee was crucially back. As you rightly say, this was a player that everyone wanted to be on when he actually did win at the RSM. Uh, he finished 9th at Riviera, 13th for the players, 24th at Bay Hill, 27th at Wells Fargo not that long ago. I think this is another really good golf course for Adam Svensson. And he's proven that by finishing 15th on debut uh, 11th at the halfway stage after a 64. I think he might be the one that being slightly overlooked. It's, it's very, it's, exactly, we're just repeating the same thing. Oh, it's it's yeah. tremendous. I mean, in fact, you can actually make so many, a genuine case, so many in the middle of the table is, is awesome. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, I, I particularly, I'll tell you what, I keep going back on Vincent Norman's figure side. Yeah. Very, very impressive. Unbelievable. Yeah. Great golf course for him. I, uh, I don't like if he can't follow this up. I'm not saying he sh- like he, he should, but like if he can't, then maybe he's not this top tier player that we think he could become because he's coming in in the, in the best form of his career with a win under his belt in a perfect situation. Like this, this should be a green light for him to go and play well. So if you're this kind of Vincent Norman believer, I think you should be in again this week, not not put off by the fact he's won recently. And the same yeah. with Batir, I think. So um, yeah, very, 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 very good. Yeah, very. It's, it's a, yeah, it's fantastic. Garrett Higo has gone into eighty to one eight places. I basically, he's one of those ones where I've watched on Instagram, and Sean Foley has now coached him, and Sean Foley says I don't really want to change anything. I just want to tidy things up, and that makes me think he's going to be the world's best golfer. Um, he's very reliable off the tee, and he gained. A decent amount on approach at the Scottish Open. That sucked me back in again for Gary Higo, which this should be a really good golf course for him. Um, 
how I think when you factor in who's won it and it's Cameron Champ, I think that's probably the best comp for a PGA Tour player, uh, you know, available for Gary Higo is Cameron Champ. Someone that's gone 21st, he's gone 31st, 21st, 19th. He's telling you that he's playing better. He's showing you he's playing better. His irons have improved last time out and his off the tee game is reliable as ever. I think Gary Higo is the one. So he's the one out of all those people that we've just discussed. Higo, for me, when especially when he was 100, when he's now still 80s, I'll take it. Um, I think he's the one that makes a splash this week. Okay. <laughs> no, nothing. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Uh, I, I don't like the way he's, played, he's hitting irons, but um, and I, I think you need to be spot on this week. Um, yeah. So I, I don't like that. But he was one that caught the eye at a big price. Bear in mind that I have no idea what he's going to do, and he's much more consistent at the moment. But I don't, I don't, you know, he's getting those. To be fair, you can look at it two ways. You can say he's getting the results despite the fact that he's out with his irons, or you can say he can't win because the irons not enough. Yeah. I, I, like, like I said, we very rarely sit here and, and can make a genuine case for everybody. 10, 15, literally yeah. from fifty to one to one hundred yeah. to one. Um, and we but, are. I, I think I think what I'm slowly getting better at in my own process is not just like if you just look for the people that are fourth, fifth, and seventh in the last three weeks in strokes gain approach, it's a small list. Whereas I'm just trying to use and Dazekov's good for this, and then you can go to tour tips to confirm the actual positions of where they were in the field. Just seeing those kind of red lines going dramatically less in terms of approach, and then going into green lines slightly, and and that's what's happened. He's gone from losing. Yeah. Four strokes yeah. on approach to the travellers to marginally losing at Rocky Mortgage John Deere and gaining at the Scottish Open. Um, it's just what caught my eye. So here you go for me is there. Uh, Brad's final pick, Kevin Yu, who has been talk of the talk of the tour this season because of his off the tee stuff. He obviously was out for a decent period of time between um, Pebble Beach, finishing seventh there and then coming back at the travellers, coming straight back in and finished sixth at the John Deere. Really reliable off the tee performer, Jason. So I can see why uh, Brad likes him. Yeah, yeah. I put Kevin you up uh, once or twice this year. Yeah. Didn't do it, to be fair. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's some fantastic talent there. I mean, both the Woos are exceptional. I know they're exactly flying, but Brandon and Dylan yeah. both. There's some. Uh, uh, Carl Westmoreland's got a couple of um, decent figures to his name. There's oh, it's just great. Sam Stevens been playing very, very well. Um, Austin Eckrout, or however you say it, as I say it. Eckrout, um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's playing well. Um, huh. It's it's great. I mean, I I we might as well move on because yeah. Uh, F- final one for me, and I think you uh, for outright selection is Davis Thompson. Um, yes, outright. I mean, I have taken a chance here, um, but I am taking also the option that um, this is a, a, a star amateur, number one amateur in the world. Yeah. Um, uh, for a considerable period, um, came over here, uh, won his uh, very um, qualified, qualified for the PGA Tour, and in his first 13 starts, he made seven cuts. This is only back in September, so not even a year yet. Um, sorry, when he wasn't a PGA member, he made seven cuts from 13 starts, yeah. and when he was the qualified for the PGA card, he made four cuts. He got ninth and twelfth at the Fortinet and Shriners. Um, 23 hasn't been the same, but like yourself, you're only looking for little shoots of recovery. Um, 
bear in mind in January he led for three rounds. Uh, you talk about elevated events and mm. the elevated American Express um, got beat by one shot by John Rahm. He sat inside the top 25 after one round at Sawgrass at the halfway stage at Harbour Town and after the first 18 holes at Quail Hollow. He, he can do it. We know he can do it. He's immensely talented. It's at just trying to find a way of, of of getting the ball around for 72 holes. Missed the cut of the US Open. Um, yeah, pretty, um, pretty expected there. Uh, but he did shoot 72 and 71. So again, they're not horrendous. They one of the travellers. He was inside the top 30. Now, they're, they're very sporadic. He can't put 72 holes together. But the last two tournaments, he's now finished the closing 25th at Rocket Mortgage and 31st at the John Deere, the mighty John Deere, as we managed to call it. <laughs> um, and he was 16th after three rounds. So something is finally clicking that means he can get through 72 holes. I know he's green. I know that his advantage very much like an awful lot of people have talked about already is off the tee. You know, he's 23rd off the tee, he's 11th in going for green, he's 8th in total eagles, 5th in par 5 performance, and 11th in par 5 birdies or better. Very, very aggressive player. That could be a disaster as it could be for the likes of Montgomery, as it could be for, you know, all those long hitters. Um, I, I just I just think somebody's got to be behind him. His team have got to be behind him. He's the former best amateur player in the world. Um, at some point, they get to making Davis Thompson an all-round player. Yeah. And it's like many of them. It's like Batter, it's like Figala. Um, you know, we know that the latent talent is there. We know that their team know the latent talent is there. Um, it's just a matter of honing it. This may be far too early for Davis Thompson, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, given that the course suited the Matt Wolfs of the world, um, Colin Morikawa of the world. I know yeah. not the same player, but uh, you know, on, on very early days, I'm going to take the chance that Thompson finds something around here. I don't expect it. I must be honest with you, but given all the other names, he was the biggest price. So, so if it, he's he was on my list of twelve to follow at the beginning of the year, and because of what he's done in the last two tournaments, I'm going to pray that he can. Just kick on that little bit more. I don't think I have anything else to add. I think that that was basically all the case for me. It was the fact that he was, you know, one short of beating John Rahm earlier in the season. It's the fact that he'd already been ninth and twelfth at the Fortnite and the Shriners. It's the fact that he's already shown that he can contend in other events. It's the fact that he um, got better every round at the Rocket Mortgage, uh, you know, correlating event, and then shot a 65 on Saturday to be 16th after 54 at John Deere. 23rd in strokes gain off the tee this season, fifth in par five scoring average. Two things I love this week. So, yes. I think, I think the other thing that, that done it was, is, is again, very similar to Montgomery. All the yeah. focus is now on um, Aberg and people yeah. like that. Yeah. Helps what, how are we doing? Yeah. How are we doing what Aberg is doing? What we do with Aberg now and putting him in another 25 to one is exactly what we were doing with Montgomery, Pendry, yep. Davis Thompson. Well, not Thompson necessarily, but Davis Riley, for example. Etc. 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 Willers Altoris when he first came out, it's exactly the same. And now mm-hmm. these other players are drifting out 66, 80, 100, and they're, they're 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 no worse. They just haven't figured it out yet. So you choose your tournament and and you take your chance. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I I, I just think it's the best golf course for Davis Thompson that 
we well we don't know yet but that's it's the one that strikes me as the best goal of course for Davis Thompson so we'll find out uh 125 to 1 with Davis Thompson there I didn't really get much beyond that I know you've got MJ Duffy I don't know if that's the way we say it whatever we say um uh for a top 20 um yeah, yeah. And any temptations go eight places each way or no? No, I was tempted with Ches Reevy. I can't believe you haven't put Ches up. Oh, God. Just, so basically what's happened is I've gone in with Ches Reevy and Lucas Club in the last four weeks and I'm, this is the final week for Ches Reevy and this week will be the final week for Lucas Club if he fails. So, um, yeah, the only one of them can be a renaissance, man. I think Reevy's, Reevy's jumped off. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was quite tempted to the top 20. Likes yeah, it here. Very good with his long irons, but uh, I did. I, in the end, I went for Defu or Defi, Defu, Defa. Uh, M- MJD. Yeah, MJD. Yeah, uh, he's going through six consecutive top forty, yeah. which I don't think people would have seen when he qualified for over here. Um, absolute monster of a hitter. Um, recently, well, it's in front of you. Recent twenty fourth at Rocket Mortgage, thirty fifth at John Deere, sixteenth, thirty fourth across the two alternate events that we know about. You know, obviously lower grade, but. Nevertheless, though, you know, if we like Norman, if we like Batty across these things, then then why not? Um, if you look at where he was in each of those tournaments round by round, he's actually got placings that are better than his finish. So all of those could be finished, it could be much better, which would, I think, would have increased his chance here or would have, would have made more obvious his chance here. Um, he's going to have to tone down off the tee, but, you know, I'm sure they look at what's happened in the past. And you can see that Bryson, they all did it. Um, and what I liked about it is if he has got loose irons, which he has got, his putting is excellent. He's like 24th, 8th, 14th and 20th for putting on his uh, four of his five most recent starts. Obviously, we didn't have any for last week. Yep. Um, quite encouraging, just outside the top 50 on debut here. Um, nobody would have expected him to do absolutely anything. Former Texas, Valspar, Rocket Mortgage, Bahamas. He's not going to have any problems with conditions. And uh, I don't think it's a lot to ask for him to be in the top 20. And at 4 to 1, I think, um, yeah, I'm very happy to say that. Yeah, no, I agree. The one, the one final one for me, and I don't know if this is a little bit of a recency bias or what it is, but it just sticks out into my head that he hits it a decent way. And when you look at the stats, they kind of confirm that. We're not... We're only a couple of weeks removed from Trevor Cohn nearly winning a tournament, much to um, obviously Ben Coley's disgust that he didn't get it done. Um, but he was third there at the Barber, so okay, different grade potentially. But he's now gained strokes off the tee in his last seven straight events. We don't know what he did at the Barracuda, but I can probably guess that he was decent off the tee there again. He's gained on approach at the John Deere in his miscut and at the Barbasol where he nearly won. Just looking at his profile overall, strokes going off the tee, 13th. He's top five in um, greens and regulation as well. So he's great at hitting greens. He hits it a mile. He's, you know, top third or whatever, top, I don't know, maths is not my strong point, but he's 40-odd in the par five performance, or par five scoring average, uh, which is impressive enough to me. So I think he's he's top 30 in total eagles he's i think he's a decent pick for someone at like 400 we're just looking for like kind of top 40 plays then then 400 to an outright i don't know what that makes him for top 40 top 20 but he's he's pretty good trevor cone i think 
Absolutely. So that's me done. I think that's oh Marty Do was the other one. Zishing Do was the other yeah. one I kind of looked at. Um, yeah. But well, whatever. If he if he wins, I haven't got a strong enough opinion on them to say that he wins. And then Matt did remind me that Stuart Sink loves winning after a, a major, and he was good last week. I don't know why he's not in the senior, and I don't know if he just hasn't qualified for it yet or whatever. But um, he could be of interest, I guess, but won't be for me. Summarise our picks. Yeah, Troy Merritt is one as well that, I, that came he up is. on my uh, he's improving. On my list for um, total driving, um, and he he actually um, took green fourth at the Rocket Mortgage and second at John Deere. Yeah, well, that much that much we, better than that. We wanted to be on him, didn't we, at 40 to 1. We wanted him to play in the, um, well, not necessarily we, I'm saying me, uh, wanted to be on him at the Barbasol when he got into the Scottish Open and last minute went over there and missed the cut. And I was convinced he was going to contend there and didn't. Suddenly he misses the cut in the Scottish Open, which he wasn't prepared for, comes back, finishes 50 in the Barracuda, and no longer anyone's interested um, in terms of the odds. So he's gone from 40 to 1 to 200 to 1 in maybe a slightly stronger field. I think that's a bit dramatic, though, uh, that price change. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Um, I'm going to summarise my picks because that, that was, there was a lot of back and forth there, and, and I'm not even entirely sure. I'm 100% confident of mine. But my final picks are going to be Emiliano Grillo, and the best price you can get for him now is 25 to 1, eight places, and I'm absolutely fine with that. Adam Hadwin, 40 to 1, eight places. Reluctantly going to leave out Joe T. Poston, but I'm going to stick with Garrick Higger, 80 to 1, eight places, and Davis Thompson at 125 to 1. Uh, I don't know if he's eight places on Bet365, but if he is, then eight places, Bet365. Um, I will quickly give Brad's again. He's gone with Sung J. Im, who is best price 16 to 1, eight places. Gary Woodland at 33 to 1, eight places. And Kevin Yu, who is now best price. 90 to 1, eight places. Jason, your picks for us. Uh, very heavily invested in Seps Tracker. Mm. Whatever you can get, he was 33 to 1 this morning. Uh, Davis Thompson at, I've got 100, but he was 125. Yep. And a top 20 on MJ MJD. Let's have a look, just see if that is eight places for that 125 to 1, because they only show the five, don't they, on um, on odds checker. Let's just check what he is. Eight places. He is. 110 to 1, eight places with Bet365. So let's go with that for the purposes of the podcast. 110 to 1 for Davis Thompson, uh, eight places. Jace, good week. It's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting week. I, I'm really keen to see, as we've kind of discussed in the middle of the pod, what the likes of uh, Akshay Patir and Vincent Norman do after oh. recent wins. Uh, I think it's a big Ryder Cup week for, you know, potentially Aaron Rye giving himself a shot at, you know, making a run at playoffs and things like that. Um, whether Step Stracker reacts well from from major contention and, and Grillo, I just want to see the, the continuation of the comeback, really. So um, lots of good storylines there. Obviously, now, I think the difference is this week, people are on bubble watch. It's not um, 125 anymore of FedEx, it's 70. So people have got a lot of work to do. They're not inside the top 70 now. Um, but yeah, I think there's plenty to look out for. Good tournament. And uh, should be a good betting week. So, Jason, another another major season in the books. Another little run now for the playoffs until the end of the year, and then it's all about the Ryder Cup, I guess. Uh, yeah, it will be, and uh, yeah, I continue to believe that we have absolutely no chance. Yeah, me too. But 
we should uh, I'd like to be but proud no doubt of we'll, we'll see your, your, your contributions on X as it's now called yes um, yeah which my tab changed as we were talking today which um, really threw me off I was like what what, what website is that and it was uh, twitter.x um, that was disappointing so, then wasn't it to be honest yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah it was um yeah it's, it's twitter.com forward slash home x uh, there we go i did see a funny tweet earlier that someone said um i've just finished my career at twitter after a long two weeks of designing their latest logo um if anyone's got any jobs for me which i found quite hilarious um so yeah i don't know why he's gone he's he's mental isn't he old elon but um yeah we're gonna have to start talking about x rather than twitter now i don't think i'm ever gonna do that I don't think I'm ever going to say I've, I've X this I'm on X. Yeah. Remember, they're all listening. They're always listening. But what is the, the what is the um the verb like? So you, I couldn't I tweeted it's a, it, a band so headed by Richard. Uh, what's <laughs> they're a great band. Uh, the verb. Well, but, I can't stand them, but fair enough. No, well, okay, they've probably got a great song. Um, Sorry. What do you what do you do? Do you go? Like, because you can't say I tweet. I saw I tweeted it last night. What did you say? I X'd it last night. Uh, it's just, it's not really an X, is it? It's, it's some sort of mysterious, fucking like, neolithical thing, I suppose, that is pronounced ugh or something. <laughs> yeah, a bit like, a bit like MJ Duffy. Um, there we go. Silly end to the podcast as ever. It didn't get quite as silly as the DraftKings one. If anyone listens to that. Um, where oh, I'll, 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 I'll yeah, yeah, have okay. a listen to that one. Uh, Matt, Matt comes out with some crackers this week, uh, including um, some old man fetishes. So that'll be interesting to see. <laughs> um, but yes, go listen to that. Listen to this one. Keep the listeners up, and thank you all for your support this year. It's been great. It's got us through the majors, and it's now the tail end of the season. So, Jason, Is thank you. Really? Ever, mate. We're not even in August. Mate. It's not even in August, and we're at the tail end of the season, mate. We've got two, two regular events left before the FedEx Cup playoffs, which isn't that only three now instead of four as well, so it's even shorter. I can't believe it. can't believe go. it. The good news is the, the new one starts before the end of September, doesn't it? Uh, the new one starts before the... the yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> so, there you go. It's all it's all just one long season, really, isn't it? Just count it as 2023. Just uh, go from January to December. It's not hard, Just is it? Go. Start what? in January, end in December, right? Have majors in April, June, yeah, uh, August, and October. Yeah. And that's it. And yeah, no, we don't, we don't have meetings about it. Just fucking do it. Yeah, we don't have to galaxy brain everything, do we? It's um, yeah, some some strange things that we go from fucking January to August to September to May to whatever. Well, I don't know what we're gonna do next season. Um, all good fun, isn't it? Um, Jason, yeah, I say that, but it's, it, it wanes on us. But there we go. Anyway, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm going off on one. You, yeah. you are going off on one, but I I I uh, facilitate it. So there we go. It's the end of the podcast. If you've got this far, congratulations. Hopefully, we win you some money again this week, and you come back again next week. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you soon.